Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Insane in the Membrane. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane, with me, Rich Wilson. And this week I'm joined by author, comedian and ace-face, Mr Ian Moore. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. You're so, are you, you seem, so you've got a puppy, you were saying. I've got a puppy and it's just pulled the plug out of the wall um, and are now is now nibbling on my expensive shoes. Which hopefully keep him quiet <laughs> for a short while at least. Investigating oh, everything with his mouth at the moment. <laughs> what I like about you now we've known each other twenty years, and yeah, there's there's this catastrophe just follows you round. You're just it's like you are <laughs> you are Jeeves and Worcester. <laughs> I am. I. <laughs> I try and be Jeeves at all times, but inevitably I end up being Worcester. That's that's the thing. Yeah. There, there really is. It's kind of a little... Was that character in uh, in Charlie Brown that always had that cloud of dust around him? Oh, is it Linus? It's, 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 yes, that's it. I'm, I'm a bit like that with personal disaster areas. But, you know, it's it's just trying to... I'm trying to cope with this puppy. It's been a real... Up and down a couple of weeks. I lost my dog, my my best friend, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, uh, and I'm we sorry. needed the energy around the house. And mm. uh, and puppies do that. They just, you know, you just they just cheer you up. It'll never replace Kipper, but it's um, it kind of keeps us on our toes. <laughs> yeah, I think you know. Yeah. And, and emotionally, uh, yeah. it's a real kind of. Um, Philip, it's a boost. It stops you getting too down because um, you have to focus on something else. So that's, it's, it's, you know, he's yeah. been, uh, he's been, come here then, if you're going to sit up here, sit up here. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. hello, mate. There you go. Scoop that. That's, say hello to Rich. Uh, All right. Hello, mate. Don't eat the microphone. I love Don't eat the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's always, I love it. I love, what, I'm, like I say, we're friends, but I love watching you. Your life unfold. We don't, I don't even engage. I just like to watch when you'll just go. More than all, there's a donkey in the in the road. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> that, that was the thing. I was I was recording a podcast last week, and uh, there's a knock on the door, and we never get well. Knock on the door. The doorbell went, and we never. Nobody ever rings the doorbell because we're in the middle of nowhere. But the neighbours, what? I'm just talking, man. Neighbours were. Um, Staying at their place, they're not. They're not often there. And he said, uh, "One of your goats is in the road." 
uh, I've just kicked him out of my garden. And, you know, you, you, you're trying to put on this image of suavity and debonair man about yeah. cosmopolitan continental Europe. And within five minutes, you're wrestling a goat outside. It's, um, <laughs> it's, not an easy, it's just not an easy life. <laughs> You've seemed to have because this is the thing you've you've flung yourself in, like you say into into the middle of rural France and you are because you know because because of your sartorial elegance you're more suited to the to the city to Paris to the south of France I would have thought but you're yeah. you know I mean what colour are your wellies <laughs> do you even have I, wellies I do have wellies they are they are cheap green wellies it's oh it's Sometimes you have to make concessions. That's what I've learnt in life. You have to. You just have to compromise at times. Without yeah. name dropping, I remember I was in Bar Italia in Soho once, and I bumped into uh, Martin Freeman. He was with a mutual friend of ours, Mark Baxter. Yes, yes, yes. And, and Martin at the time was was just moving out of London and moving to the country. And he said, in all seriousness, so as mods, where do we stand on wellies? That, and that's, that's the kind of conversation mods have in, in terms yeah. of, well, do you know what, I've got a, a certain level of dignity to maintain, but I also realise I don't want to be sinking up to my argyle socks in uh, in horse poop, so how do we get around the two? <laughs> you know, it's a practicality with, a, with an image as well. Have you mm. frozen? Have I, have, I, have I frozen or is he in frozen? No, you've had a quick freeze there, Rich, I think. Was that me, was it? Yeah, fuck's sake. <laughs> That's worthing for you. That is no. worthing for you. There's no kind of high-speed <laughs> high internet in worthing. Everything's done at a slow pace. It really is. You can feel it. Like It's it's where all the cool kids are moving down from Brighton. Just to, It's a very kind of... Brighton's your party town, and then worthing is where you go to come down and go, oh, yeah. that was a night, wasn't it? Bloody hell. Should we go to the <laughs> cinema? It's only four quid. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had this conversation years ago with Martin Davis, and we were talking about, this is when I was more into the into the mod thing, and we were talking about where we stand on technology. That this is The iPhones hadn't been around very long. I think we were on like the iPhone 2. That's how long ago it was. And we were talking about, wow. goes, well, yeah, mods mods would have... The, the latest thing or the things that someone else didn't have like you'd have like the import yeah I get, you'd have uh, you'd have an iPhone 2 but it'd be on vinyl that's that's how <laughs> mods would do it they'd, they'd, um... <laughs> I think that's I think that's quite interesting that because because obviously technology because now it's wearable technology and I don't think the say for instance the iWatch fits into that with, with no. a modernist kind of sensibility. I, I was wearing a like a connected watch for a while because just largely because of health reasons, I wanted to keep on top of it. And, um, you know, after a while, I just thought, no, it just does yeah. not go. It just does not suit <laughs> me. Um, it's not what I am. And so, you know, I'm, hang the health. Hang the health and, yeah. and all the information I need to be carrying around about heart rate and blood oxygen levels i went back to a straight old analog and i feel much better for it <laughs> but this is the ironic thing isn't it with modernism is that it's it's modernism but it's a lot of it's quite retro and it, yes. it's kind of 
isn't it? It's like steampunk, but it is. It is. It's retro modernism. That's what we do. Pre-modernist modernists. That's. I think that's yeah. what we are. <laughs> and it's nothing, funny nothing seeing too up to yeah. date. No, and it, but it's it's like new labels, like like people that have you know like. I don't know whoever they've like kind of like seen you like mod there's a, there's a company called mod shoes and they've got the old styles but they're like revamped them so it's still the yes. old stuff but it's just made by a new company yeah exactly and which is what that, pretty green yeah. was as well with the, yes, you know Liam Gallagher's yes, label that was just what pretty green was I mean not you know just not as good a quality that's why, no. that's why he had. I remember bumping into you once years ago and you'd bought this jacket from Pretty Green and the buttons kept falling off and you were yeah, getting yeah, yeah. most irate about it and kept going back into the shop every time a it new button me... fell off. <laughs> it cost me 500 quid. You couldn't get the button. It was like a black label, limited edition. It cost me 500 quid. And the buttons, like, there weren't buttons you could get from another shop. Like, you had to go to Pretty Green and get these specific yeah, buttons. Exactly. And then, yeah, because my mate Gav, my mate Gav worked for Pretty Green at Carnaby Street. And I remember going in there, I went, mate, just get me a sack of these buttons. <laughs> just ended up with his bag. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got it. I've now got all the buttons on it. I've, I'm a bit chunky now, so I can't really wear it. But it's still in the dust jacket. It's still in my wardrobe. And I'm like, look, I don't want to get rid of it. Because I love it, but you know, I don't think I'll ever get back into it anytime soon. And the buttons are shearing off, and it just this is the get, thing. Get rid of what... it, sell it on Vinted, and then supply the buttons at an extra rate, and then you just make a fortune. <laughs> uh, Twenty quid a button. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, this is what I loved about. I mean, even though I've kind of come away from the modernist look. There's still bits of it in there. And I think that's what I love about fashion is the fact that you can take the bits you like and you can mash it up. So I still wear a cravat. I've still got the scarves and I've still got, you know, there's certain bits that I wear jewellery and jackets and things like that. And I mash it up with, say, hip hop or, you know, Northern Soul or something like that. And Yeah. And I find I get really, I get, I'm still into the clothing, but it's not, it doesn't have to, I found modernism too restrictive. There, there are so many rules, and I think that as yeah. you get older as well, you you kind of just tell yourself, look, it really doesn't matter if my suit jacket vent is eight inches or ten inches. I really, I really have got other things to think about right now, <laughs> and and that, that and that, like you say, that you can mix and match those things and just be slightly more relaxed. Um, yeah. That's what I've found in the last, certainly in the last few years, that I've just, um, with, that, with, with not being on stage so often, I haven't felt the need to, um, to really be that, that kind of top dog, to be the, to be the you know, it's, it's walk on stage and people go, wow, look, look at that suit, where do you get that suit, and, and all of that, because you had to have, for me, it gave me a certain amount of authority on stage. Mm. So it helped, it helped feed um, the confidence that I needed, but I don't feel so hung up about that now. Um, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's quite, it's actually quite liberating. You know, yeah. when you you know yeah. when you just sort of um, 
let out the belt buckle for a little bit and just 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 relax you know <laughs> i think that's it it's just about just relax mate it's like i remember talking to you years ago and you were saying we were talking about jeans and you went i don't wear i don't wear denim no. like even that that's like that's not part of what i do denim isn't isn't part of this and i was like fuck what do you wear like what and especially yeah, when you're like now Living, you're working. You know, you've got a guest house on a farm and a thing. I'm like, yeah. I don't think stay pressed are going to cut it, mate. Like, what? No, <laughs> no. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, for you know, I when mucking out the horses here, I'd have a specific suit for mucking out the horses. I still wouldn't go down the denim route. Um, but you know, immensely impractical, and uh, it's not so sustainable either. So, um, though I've relaxed on that score, I do. It, it, denim does occasionally slip into the mix now. Yeah, um, I think you have to. That's why I mean, cowboys make... wore denim. They're dealing with yeah. horses. Yeah, horses are, are, are no respecters of tweed. That's what I've learned. No, <laughs> you can't muck out the muck out the horses in your bass regions. <laughs> not really. Oh, really? No. <laughs> but I do remember my granddad when I remember he had he, when he'd go and do the garden, and you've seen I've seen loads of this this sort of thing at like Goodwood Revival and things like that, like immaculate like boiler suit, and then it would it be open just so, button down shirt, tie, Windsor knot. Yeah, he'd have a pocket yeah. square as well, roll and his sleeve rolled up just so, just to do the garden. And he looked I incredible. And, the, and I, I think that's, I, I, you know, and those personal standards, I mean, they're not for everybody. And certainly in, in the modern world, that you'd be regarded as something of an eccentric if that's how you went down the allotment. <laughs> but, you know, it's a personal choice. And, if, and, and the thing about clothing for me is if it makes you feel good, if it, like, like I said about going on stage, if it gives you that, that extra boost that you need to go and do what you want, then it, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I do. My my kids are very much into their clothes now. Um, yes, and, I and met it, your lad. I met your lad at Comedia. One of them, of course, you did. And you just mentioned yeah. Mod Shoes as well. And I was sent, I was sent an email the other day from Mod Shoes because I'm on their mailing list, and it's my son modelling their shirts, <laughs> which is a really, it's a really yeah. odd feeling to get that email come and go. Hang on, that's Samuel. <laughs> so, so they're kind of following in the footsteps in this, to a certain extent yeah but that's what you want I mean it's like my lads my youngest one especially he's he, he's still doing that kind of He's a, he's got that kind of he's got like a roadman but libertines mix so he's got these tattoos yeah. and he'll wear a and he's a drummer in a band and he's, and he's playing for Joe T Johnson and I went and saw him and he had this wife beater on with these Dickies trousers, but then he's got his um, like Nike TNs. He's got his mullet oh. and a, and he's and he look, and I'm like, I, lo- I don't know what how you're making that work, but you're pulling <laughs> it off, mate. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. And you see, because you see people, and it's not your style, and it will never be your style. But they have a style, yeah. and you and and you just admire that. You just admire the people who have the courage and the individuality to to just walk down the street and go this is who i am i don't care if you like it or not because it makes me feel all right and yes. that's 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 all you really want yes and that's the key isn't it it's, it's i keep seeing this in a minute and 
it's up to you what you do, but I see people now, they're just always on about, oh, I just can't wait to get into my comfies. I'm wearing, they're where they're, they're where, they look, people look slovenly now and they're wearing Crocs and slippers and sliders and socks to go out. And you're just going, yeah, just if you were to just, when you make an effort, it doesn't have to be all the time. You feel like you feel amazing when you when you, you you know you tidy yourself up and you get a nice shirt on a nice cravat or whatever and a nice jacket and whatever it is you do to make some feel better. You you do you feel you feel ten feet tall. If you make the effort uh, and you feel special, then what you're doing is made more special. Uh, in my, yeah. you know, and it, it, I spend so much of my life in airports, and people may as well just turn up in pajamas. And, and you know because they're, 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 there's so much leisure wear i swear yeah. most airports are powered by the amount of friction on on leisure wear that just gets rubbed up against each other in a busy airport queue and and it just and i, I it's not i find it depressing i just find it kind of you know there is no there is no glamour in air travel anymore we know that you know because mm. most of it is budget i mean there is some glamour but if you know you pay a fortune for that so there is no glamour in terms of the, your day-to-day or your holiday to, to Turkey or wherever you're going on on the flight side of things. But why not put some in? Why not, you know, go, do you know what, yeah. we're going on holiday. Let's let's dress up. Let's look different to everybody else who's in this airport right now. And I just, it's just, I mean, it's, that's, again, it's a, kind, it's a mental thing for me because um, commuting every weekend between france and the uk for nearly 20 years Mm. is it was it got me down it got me physically i i've suffered massively for it and i have rheumatoid arthritis and and you know i'm in pain a lot um Mm. And and mentally, I found it very difficult to cope with. And my coping mechanism was, and I never made any secret of this, my coping me- mechanism was I would imagine I am some kind of James Bond figure. And that that can only come, you can't do that wearing, you know, a, a Dunlop tracksuit and your sliders going through immigration yeah. control. You've, you've, you've got to play the part to make you get through this situation which and and it you know it's a survival mechanism it must have been well i know we it's been the talk of green rooms for many years the fact that you know oh yeah ian moore commutes from france to do this and even though it's probably it doesn't take as long it takes just as long to drive to wherever scotland or wherever but you're it's the it's what you have to go through it's not it's not just getting in the car and going so you've got to get in the car, drive to Paris, get on the train, get on a plane, get to the yeah. other side, get on another train, get your hotel, do the gigs, hang around hotels, come back. Which, which, you know, people go, yeah, but you, you only be you're on trains and you. So no, but it's physically that's very demanding. It's also if you're if you're moving, then it's not too bad. But there's so much waiting around in travel, and you are, you know slumped in a corner somewhere or it's five o'clock in the morning and you're on a freezing train platform your your plane's delayed you've missed that train you've all of these things constantly 
beset you as you're traveling or they always seem to with me anyway maybe i'm just a really bad traveler <laughs> even after all these years i'm just really rubbish at it um i remember and this was this was wasn't long before before lockdown and i was traveling and i was coming on the eurostar and i had to cross paris to get my train back down to pick my car up and the whole thing was just you know and i'd been up you know, it was the first Eurostar out of London, so some, I think it was like 10 to 6 in the morning. And I was knackered and I was in a lot of pain and I had basically 20 minutes to get across Paris, which is just not feasible uh, to go from the Gare du Nord to Paris Montparnasse in 20 minutes and, you know, do the 10-minute walk after the metro to get to the state. It's just not doable. No. And I did it. And I got there, and I got there, and I, and I sat on the train, and I'm really getting quite a lot of pain now, and I'm almost tearful that I've made it. I'm sweating, and I'm just thinking, it doesn't matter. I'm on my way home. Mm. And the train on the opposite platform pulled out. I'd got there on time and jumped on the wrong fucking train. <laughs> oh, God. And I just... Oh, I just... I just couldn't cope with it. I just could not cope with it. You know, I, I, I practically yeah. had a breakdown there and then. I just thought, I'm I just going to yeah. stay on this train. I'm, I'm going to go to. I'm going to go to Wren. Then I'm going to go up to Brittany. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just moving there now. <laughs> I, Wherever I, this train's going, I'm not getting yeah, off. I was so. I would have it opened just and wept really hurt. Yeah, really hurt and. Mm. And and it was it was probably around that time when I thought I really have to make some changes and not be doing this every weekend. I just couldn't couldn't see myself say, yeah. surviving it for much longer. No. Mentally, was that the driving force then? Yeah, that was the driving force to you going right. I've had these because like, you've always thought force, about being. Yeah, an I mean, Natalie, my wife, had been saying for years. You know, you just cannot sustain this. This is not healthy for your mind for your body mm. for us because you know you're not here often enough when you are you're exhausted you you're, you're living out of a case even when you're at home because you're leaving again in a couple of days you it's got to change it's just got to yeah. change um but i'm always i've always been really reluctant to kind of uh, to turn my back on something that i'm actually doing all right on you know, yeah. the time on stage, absolutely loved it. I, you know, I enjoyed what I do. It was everything else around it. I, I didn't see really the effect it was having, not just on me, but on everybody else. Because mm. I was just, my head was just timetables all the time. Just yeah, where do I course. need to be? When do I, and, and down to the, down to the minute, you know, um, and it, that kind of, pettiness that timetables has to have to give you was affecting everything else in my life mm. um, so it was only really when lockdown came it was then that you know Natalie said this is perfect for you just whatever happens now this is it stop and yeah. and she was right you know I've been been much happier person since I've been home yeah as as often as I have it's made such yeah, a difference. Yeah, yeah. It feels like I've finally, even though I've been in France now, it'll be, it'll be 19 years in January. Um, Bloody hell. 
I feel now, only in the last three years, that I've properly made the move, if you see what I mean. I was mm. kind of dabbling at it for so long. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's made a difference. I'm much more relaxed as an individual and much, you know, <laughs> as, as my wife and children keep telling me, I'm not a complete bastard anymore. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm actually a pleasure to have around at times. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, isn't it, how it's outside things that cause the issues. I know that sounds obvious to say, but like yesterday I, I, had to, I had to have a meeting about my finances and and I was going through and I'm like, where is my money going? Why have I never got any? Because I looked at what comes in, I'm like, I should be living the dream. What is this? And then I'm going yeah. through it. And then, I, and then Kate, my wife, came in and she's like, well, what about this? And I, and I went... Because it's not that, is it? And then I, sorry, sorry, hang on a minute. This isn't, I. This isn't your fault. Sorry, that yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm just stressed at this. And I had to, I had to lay it out and go. All right, I'm, I'm stressed at this. Look, look at these numbers. This is bullshit. It's not you. Yeah. I'm really sorry about that. Whereas years ago, I would have been fuck. Just leave me alone for a minute. <laughs> just. I think we have. You know. um, I think comics generally have a quick temper, and I think we're quick to snap. Because we see, we see this, any questioning of our judgment or outlook is, is treated like a heckle. So it's almost yeah. always, the, 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 first, the, the first reaction is almost, I'm being attacked here. Um, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend myself in a way that we would defend ourselves, which is quickly, loudly and aggressively. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> because, because that buys us time while we're thinking how the hell do I get out of this you know yeah you're right that immediate defence of what <laughs> yeah I mean my 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 kids would often say to me daddy you're at home now stop being stand up man you don't you don't need to uh, you know just just relax yeah it must have and then and then, and then you became an author and you've done brilliantly at it it's really nice like i sit in that picture it's so good when you see when you see a mate's work like elsewhere like it's not them promoting it it's promoted elsewhere and you're like look at that that i just remember i stood in the street outside waterstones in brighton i was like kid look at that uh, and then kate kate we, i met kate there so we were meeting up to yeah. and i went look at that I went, that's my mate and she went isn't that lovely <laughs> and we had this big chat and it was so nice to see. And it must have been a relief because when you first started doing it, you were like, like you said, you were reluctant to not leave stand up behind, but not have it as a, like the centre of your universe. Must yeah, it was a completely, it's just a completely different change of focus in terms of how I write, how I work, the money that was coming in, when the money was coming in. You know, as an author, you get, you get paid twice a year, and I found that really mm. quite—I found that really quite difficult to adapt to, um, <laughs> as anybody would. You know, I think as comedians, we we tend to live a bit hand to mouth. Um, yes. Whereas, you know, I'm now planning, having to plan six months in advance because that's when the next royalties check is coming in, mm. um, and and so spreading things out. Um, the, the, like I say, the, the discipline with the work is different. I work 
in the mornings now. I work until I write until lunch, and then do whatever else needs doing in the afternoon if I can. French yeah. French lunch times tend to last quite a long time, so I, <laughs> I'm pretty useless for most of the afternoon. To be perfectly honest with you, but it's it's but the main the main changes, like I say, is that I'm at home, and and it and it's such a nice thing to say. One of the biggest things I missed when I first moved to France was not being able to drive home from a gig that night. Yes. That may, yeah. and, and not, and knowing that, you know, like on the last night of a weekend, wherever we were working, comics were, would, would, had already checked out of the hotel in the afternoon, but not told the gig because they wanted the hotel paid for. It was yeah. that kind of, you know, you know what it was like, that kind of surreptitious, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm staying in the hotel tonight, honestly, governor. Uh, and, <laughs> and then getting back in the car that night and going home. And I never had that. And it, and it really began to um, it really began to upset me that kind of thing that I was spending yes. more and more time away because I obviously because I lived away but the job meant that I couldn't get back. There were sometimes when I was working in London uh, and if I'd finished by about half ten on a Saturday I'd get the half eleven bus from from Victoria to Paris. Oh my god. <laughs> Just, it's no wonder oh. I'm practically disabled now. Just, it, it was just, just such an unpleasant experience in so many ways. The amount of um, low-level violence and threats and stuff like that on those on those late-night buses, as well really? as as well as all the other stuff. I mean, the only way I could get through it was I I made sure I bought a good half a dozen. Um, cocktail cans from Marks and Spencer's. Oh, yeah. So I, I just sit at the back with in my Edwardian frock coat, nicking, <laughs> necking uh, martini passion fruit cocktails and, and stuff like that, and just, just basically looking like a lord at the back and like, I own this bus, you're not coming anywhere near me, uh, and managing to get away with it. But then by the time we got to Paris, I could barely walk. And that wasn't the alcohol that had done that. I just, I, I simply could, my bones and my, my muscles had just sort of frozen in this rigid shape. You know, you could have just picked me up and my legs would still have been bent around a chair. It was horrific. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Right, I mean, I've done. Yeah, I mean, I've done it to. I think the furthest I've been on a mega bus is. I think I went to Leeds. Coming right. back, coming back, you can kind of just doze off. But you, you know, late at night, you, you get the, the Leeds coach at one, and then you end up back in London at sort of six yeah. a.m. And, and it stops know, by all yeah, those satellite yeah. towns, doesn't it? That yeah, sort of just yeah. picking up clubbers. You know, like <laughs> I think the Leeds one doesn't the Leeds one stop in Barnsley or something because the nightclub in Barnsley in Barnes. shuts that up too. <laughs> <laughs> you got like a dozen <laughs> off their heads on rotten. pills or whatever else. <laughs> just, just rotten. <laughs> and this is the thing when people say, when people say, "Oh, you only work twenty minutes a night," you're like, "No, no, no." You have no idea what goes into it. That I've had to leave at one o'clock in the afternoon to get to this gig, yeah. and then I've got to sleep at Nottingham bus garage until four a.m. Yeah, when the bus comes, <laughs> and then uh, and I'm only getting two hundred quid. And you go, yeah, but it's two hundred quid. You go, no, 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 no. It's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, in your hand, isn't it? You know, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I, yeah, I got mugged on the bus by me. some Barnsley <laughs> clubbers. I've only, I've only got a fiver left, <laughs> and they had my shoes. <laughs> I had that once. I was getting on at Birmingham and uh, I was going and the Birmingham bus was taking me to Stansted and it was something like three o'clock in the morning. And I'm sitting on this in this chair and uh, don't chew the cable, man. I'm sitting on this chair and this woman across the aisle, she takes off her shoes and she, she puts her she puts her feet and her legs across my lap. And she said, do you, mind, do you mind if I sit like this till we get the stance? And I went, yes, I do. Will you take your filthy clubber's feet off my lap? No Some barriers. People. No. Oh. I think we oh. are, I feel we're regressing as a species. Like with the, the need to be in slippers 24 hours a day. And that phrase, oh, I don't, oh, I found it really difficult to adult today. And you're like, you're going to have to at some point. You got, what? I know it. You have to. This is the thing. This is a mental health podcast fundamentally. And I'm all for, I'm all for, you know, you listen, you've got to take care of yourself, take care of your mental health, do what you need to do to get you through the day. But at the same time, you still got to meet some, you've got to meet some level of toughness and you've got, you've got to dig deep now and again. That's, I mean, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing about, being an adult is there is no there is no downtime to that you know if if there isn't you know, it's like it's like having kids you you know you've 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 got your kids you can't just think I'm just going to have a couple of weeks off thinking about the kids you know because it's just not possible no it's just not no. possible to do that so you like you say you have to meet a certain level of expectation to get through life. And, you know, and, and not everybody can do that. And certainly not everybody can do it all the time. I've fallen off many, mm. many times. I have regular, I have weekly therapy to try and get me through. Um, but there's just some things you just can't let go of. You can't, you can't say, well, I'm just not going to do that today. I can't anyway. It's not, yeah. it's not in my, no. it's not in my makeup. Um, and that makes it difficult, you know, because you pile on, you're kind of paying this kind of, mental buckaroo um where the things are being stuck on you and you you know and it just becomes too much you know yeah every now and then you kick out but it's, the stuff's still going to come back on you you can't just yeah, walk yeah, away yeah. from it no this is it and it's i had this conversation yesterday with kate and we were talking again about 
because she was going to go and meet her friend, and she's like, "Oh, just I'm a bit, I don't fancy." It. I mean, I mean, she's pregnant, so it's, it's different. But I was still like, "Well, you, I think you should go. I think you should go." And I have this conversation with people all the time now. I'm like, when they say, "Oh, yeah," but I don't really feel. And I'm like, if you, the thing is, it's all about. It's all very well going. Oh, I need to take care of me today. Yeah. And that's fine. But they're also sometimes if you've made arrangements to see someone for a coffee, they might need you to go and have that coffee with them. Not for any other, they just need to see yeah. someone. And I think sometimes I, you have to put other people as well before yourself. And I, find I, that I see balance. what you mean. I do see yeah. what you mean with that. Um, sometimes, I mean, I, I also see Kate's point of view completely. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean, there is a reason I live in rural France and there's nobody near me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I, and I'm not pregnant. I don't have that excuse. So uh, I can understand her point of view entirely. I'm not. I'm not actually very good at that. I'm good at making arrangements. I'm very equally skilled at backing out of them. Um, mm. And and I will kind of use that excuse of I'm just not. I'm just not in a good place now. Um, without thinking about the knock-on effect, but equally. The other side of that is that if I do go and I'm in a bad way, I, I could really upset whoever I'm going to go and see. <laughs> you know, uh, so I'm uh, my argument. My argument will then go circular, and I'll go. Well, I'm just I'm staying here on my own because I need to protect them from me. <laughs> yeah, well, what I've done a, lot, a couple of times when I've gone and I've met up with the person, and they'll say, "How are you?" and I go, "Do you know what? I nearly didn't come, and this is why." And it normally they go, do you know what? I felt the same. And we have that conversation. Yeah. And you kind of go, look, it's not because I don't like it. Like, you know what it's like. Okay, I know what it's like. Do you want, what do you want? You know, it's, yeah. And then once you get past that, then you go, oh, yeah, I'm glad we did this. I think just being this is, honest about about it. I think this is the thing about living in London and, and, and places like that as well, is that if you don't live in London, you think, well, why don't you see people all the time? It's just a tube ride away. Why don't you just go and see people all the time? You know, you've got loads of mates there. Why don't you just hop on a tube? You can go anywhere. And the idea that if you lived in, you know, let's say Barnsley again, just for just for mm. an example, and you'd go, well, my mate lives a 40-minute train ride away, you'd go, I can't, I can't be asked. Just because it's a tube <laughs> and it's supposed to be convenient doesn't mean that you would necessarily go on a 40 minute train drive to, to no. go see somebody else you know so <laughs> i just i find the whole um i i think i've become more socially scared i think as i've got older in in and that i tend to build up the pressure of meeting people into something that it that it really isn't but to me you know, like I can't use phones anymore. I find it really hard to use phones. I can text, obviously, but actually mm, speaking yeah. on the phone, I find really quite terrifying now. I'm the same, um, yeah. In an odd way, you know, like I was I was working last week um, and they, I was doing a gig, not a proper gig, you know, well paid. Mm. Um, and I was, uh, and I was <laughs> they asked me to, to do an off-stage announcement and I am awful at off-stage announcements you put me in front of any number of people I'll do a show but an yeah. off-stage announcement I'm gibbering <laughs> and stuttering through this thing all I'm doing is saying dinner starts in five minutes and I can't 
I can't do it, you know? I, f- I find that kind of slightly anonymous or non, non-face-to-face non social interaction really quite tough now. Um, right. and, but, and, but also I think that's bleeding into social interaction as well. I, I think I've spent so much time on my own now that I'm kind of... I've got Stockholm syndrome on my on myself. I think that's, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've gone into myself so much um, that I find I find just socialising really quite tough. I find I have to kind of, like I've just said. I have to kind of I have to map it out. And now I don't know why. I don't know if that's an age thing or, but I have to really because I I do I. I Sometimes I overshare way too much, and I'll say far too many. I was having some problems a few years ago, and I was talking to Kerry Pritchard McLean's partner, Ed, and he went, "How are you?" I went, oh, "I'm really struggling, mate. I've got this brain fog." And and when I when I went, and when I ejaculate, I don't really feel the orgasm. I feel like the orgasm's over there somewhere. And, I, and we're at a show, and I just and I suddenly went, "What am I saying?" He's only asked me how I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I just saw his face. He's going, hey, "Oh yeah, oh well, yeah. yeah that maybe that sounds like stress." And I'm like, "Oh god!" Yeah. So I really have to be careful now, not to overshare. <laughs> I haven't seen him since. I, uh, I can't say I do that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not one to overshare. And uh, no, I bet no. I haven't seen him since. I bet he's. I bet he's probably not come out of the house since he saw you. <laughs> I have to really make sure that I don't know. I have to. Th- I really have to think about it when I'm meeting up with people, and yeah. it, it, especially if I don't if I don't know them as well. Say you and I are meeting up, we we just chat, music, shoes, whatever, and we'd have a great time. But if it's someone I don't really know that much, I have to really be careful, mindful of what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I don't get to go too far because you, you forget I, what your boundaries slightly, are. Um... I think that's a comedian's trait as well, to a certain extent, because almost everything that we do and think of and, and, and is part of our life becomes ammunition to us in some way, or it will go through a process in our head where we will say, how can I use this? How could I adapt that kind of thing? So we do, you know, sometimes just... Just say too much like we're on a stage, you know, <laughs> yeah. and and we can't help it. It's a, I guess it's a form of Tourette syndrome in a way that we, that, I mean, I, I, I used to, I think I used to do that. Probably talk, you know, people looking at you going, like you say, you know, how are you? And you go, well, you know, I'm having real problems. With that. And I just, you know, fortunately, I think I surrounded myself with the kind of people who just say mid-sentence, mate. I'm really not interested. I just, I was just being polite. Yeah. It's called small talk, mate. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't do small talk. I either do big talk or no talk. That's that's, that's, the, that's the way I'm built. I think, uh, yeah. That's why I'm not very good on the phone. I've said this on here before. I have people ringing me up going, how are you? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. What's up? Like, I'm just ringing up to see how you are. Like, that's weird. Like the phone to yeah. me is a tool, and I'll yeah. and I'll I'll arrange to meet you, and then we'll have a chat. And all that. But just to re- I don't ring people up. I just want to check in. I see. I think women. I'm not being sexist in any way, shape, or form, but it seems to me that women are better at that. Like you, you'll be sat on a train, going to a gig, 
and there's people coming back from work. And you can see it's all women on the train just going, yeah, I know. And I said to him and I couldn't believe it. And they're all just chatting about their day. Or they go, hey, I just want to check in. How are you doing? I haven't not spoken to you for a while, blah, blah. Whereas men are like, it's either football or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I think, do you know what I think that is? I think that is a trust issue that women, and it does sound like a really blanket thing to say, uh, 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 but women are more trusting and men are, we're always slightly scared to open up or talk because we're not sure of the motives of the person that we're talking to. Right, yeah. So women trust their mates implicitly and can talk like that on the phone and it's not a problem. Whereas we're, we would prefer to see somebody just to see if they're rolling their eyes or doing a wanker <laughs> sign at your face or something like that. This, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. We have to feel like we're, you know, got, we've got a chance to say, I'm only joking. Uh, I, oh, yeah. you know, didn't really happen. Um, <laughs> so maybe, maybe it's that. I mean, that's just a bit of cod psychology really, but I mean, it may, it could be that, you know, yeah, but I've got, it's funny, I've got a friend of mine, uh, Rachel Wells, who I do another podcast with called But Please Don't Panic, and um, and she's autistic, and she's got ADHD, and some other stuff, and so the whole exercise is about getting her used to public speaking and getting out there, because she wanted to do stuff, but she was ended up, she was she found herself a lot on her own a lot with her, with her little boy, and so she wasn't yeah. really, in, you know integrate with anyone it was like all right let's do this that's and difficult we'll, we'll that's really difficult it's yeah. really hard and so and so we like she's now it's like she's like right i want to learn how to have conversations with people so now she's like who do you know who i can talk to so she's now physically like saying right i need to practice conversations like who do you right. know who's really good to talk to and then and then we're like right and then afterwards we're rating the conversations she's like how did i do I go yeah brilliant was like, that was an eight that was a 10, yeah. you know, and it's, and she's getting there and it's funny watching her. And what I, what I do now is like, we so there's, you know, Danny Buckler, a friend of ours. I was yeah. with him last night. was talking about that podcast and he went, oh, I'd love to be a guest. I'm like, right. So I messaged Rachel this morning. And I went, right. My mate, Danny Buckler wants to come on as a guest. And I knew her initial response would be, ah, oh, I'm not comfortable with that. But I was like, no, I've put this in your head now. It will now marinate. You'll mull it over yeah. for the day. And then by the end of the day, you'll go, all right, I've got my head around it. I think this is a good idea. And let's just, just so, start planning it. So, How, how, how yeah. else does um, Rachel find people to talk to then? What, what, how does she, how did you go about that? Just advertising uh, the smalls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you like chatting? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. I know there's friends of, there's friends of friends. And so... There's friends. Yeah. She's a, this is like a, a group that listens. They're fans of uh, this podcast and a few others, and they kind of chat to each other about what they've listened to and things like that. So I think right. it's kind of an extension of that. But I think a lot of people, I think what's happening, people are shutting themselves away more now yeah. than they used to. And it's in, I think especially after lockdowns where we were like, can't. I think we've all got PTSD, to be honest. I think there's a lot of that. I think there's a lot in that, in, in what you say there. And I also think that people um, overwhelm themselves. Um, it's easy to blame social media for so many things, but I think that we allow ourselves to constantly be bombarded and connected and, you know, checking this and checking that. 
that at times it is too much. You almost need to to, to cleanse yourself. Was it was it detox? Mm. A form of detox where you just take yourself away from interaction, you know, and just sort of yeah. spend time with yourself and try and, you know, this is something I do that I that my therapist taught me to do that because I I I I really wanted to try meditation but my my brain just won't let me meditate there's always something going on which means i can't focus on the thing that relaxes you whether it's waves whether it's counting your breaths and all, all of that kind of thing so she said that um i create a kind of memory palace where i would have good memories and stuff like that but i've kind mm. of adapted it so that i have this this museum in my head that i go to that is kind of ordered um, and I can, I can choose a different, you know, like good comedy or good books or good times or, you know, stuff like that, that I can go around and just lie down in a darkened room and just sort of remember and sort of take myself back to a different time rather than everything being right now and responding to that. And that's pinging off there and that needs to be reshared there and, and all of that so yeah, just yeah, sinking yeah. back into yourself so that you can just sort of remember a little bit about what all all this is about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this is why things like, you know, like youth cultures down the ages, so like modernism and rave and, and whatever else we've had, like, you know, skinhead and rockabilly and whatever else has gone on. It's because you were part of something. You were, it's, even now when you see... When I see somebody dressed in a similar sort of way, way that, that I dress, and you and you do, you, there was a guy yesterday. I was I was in Brighton uh, on on Monday, and he just and he, we we walked past each other and we nodded. It was like, yeah, yeah. I see you, mate. He had a really nice denim jacket on. He had these like <laughs> rare shell toes on. He just looked the bollocks, and we kind of went, oh, yeah. mate. It's like you. So you, it's, it's that nice thing, to, isn't it? That kind of recognition. Mods isn't it? always yeah. did that. It's like it's like VW camper van owners driving past <laughs> each other on the motorway. They they and they flash their lights and <laughs> just wait. It's, they it's do that. that. Do that sign. Do the hand sign. Ground. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and do that. And it happens a lot. You're walking down the street and another mod is walking towards you, and there's just a little nod. Sometimes a salute on the it's, top of the floor. Yeah. Just, all right, mate. I'll see you. I'll see you, mate. Good to see you. I, uh, my missus has just bought a, her dad's just bought a, a, not a new car, but a new car to her. It's a Ford Focus. And, uh, and she said, Do I have to wave at other Ford Focus owners now? And I'm like, You'll be waving all day, babe. Yeah. All, all those all those salespeople going up and down, medical reps and their Ford Focuses. <laughs> Just constantly waving. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, mate. I want to briefly, I want to talk to you. Now you're saying about how you are with conversations and, and people and things like that. Why did you open a guest house? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's invite trouble into your own listen, room. Listen, your own house. You, you are not, you're not the first one to ask this question. <laughs> uh, and I've been asking myself a lot. Um, the same question. It was basically, there's a number of factors involved here. We, When we first bought this place in France, we just could not believe the, the price of property in France. It was just mm. absurd. It's ridiculous. And, you know, we'd 
we'd have to win the lottery to have something like this where we lived, which was in Sussex. Okay, it's be worth millions, and it's not. It was like it was like the price of a two bedroom flat in Brighton. Wow. Um, and we got a lot of land and we got a lot of buildings. And so we always kind of said, but never really meant it, that we would make this place work for us if we needed it, um, mm. that we'd taken on too much um, so that at some point we may have to, you know, let it pay us back a bit. Yeah. Then Brexit came along and I genuinely didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I would get French nationality. Natalie and the boys are all have French nationality. I had English nationality. Mm. If things are reciprocal, I'm not in the French system earning over here. So I could, uh, in theory, be deported depending on how the rules go. And physically, I was finding it harder and harder to travel because of the, because mm. of the, because of the rheumatoid arthritis. So it was all those kind of things that meant we set up this B and B here. Um and you're right you're right. I'm not I'm not your archetypal innkeeper. I am not, I'm not I'm not warm and friendly. And I thought initially that I would make that a selling point. But it just turns out <laughs> it just turns out that's just being rude, apparently. Um, so, um and we've run it now yeah, obviously we had lockdown, and and it was great during lockdown because the French state paid us a load of money to not have it open, which was it, no, no. which was just the perfect situation for me as a, as a, as the as the anti-host. Um, but and, and we were running it this summer, uh, and again, I I was getting kind of jittery before the season started. That I just couldn't do this. I just had enough um, of looking after people and putting up with their petty little complaints that were just getting me angrier and angrier. So it wasn't even going to be open this summer, just gone. But my, my middle son, Morris, he, he wanted to open it and run it with his girlfriend because they wanted to go travelling. So they made some money out mm. of that. But at the end of the season, I said, I can't do it. I just cannot do it anymore. And so we don't know what we're doing now. You know, I mean, it's yeah. paid its way. It's paid its way... Um, and in terms of the books, you know, like the 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 cozy murder mysteries, the the one that's been bestsellers, um, mm. that all came from having the B and B, you know, because right. it was the the central character in in the in the cozy mysteries is a guy called Richard, um, who um, <laughs> who's a middle aged bloke who lives in France and runs a B and B, and I know I know research is never my thing. And that he, the reason I came up with that is because I, rather than actually kill the people who were staying in my guest house, I came up with ways of fictionally killing them off, um, and that's how the whole that's how the whole series began. So it's paid its Excellent. way in a couple of ways, you know. But it was I don't know what like I said I don't know whether we're gonna downsize. I don't know if we'll do that. I'm not sure if we. We don't, we don't want to leave here. It's just that it costs a lot of money to have the place mm. on site but not open because I still right. have to register as a business, so I still have to pay taxes even though I don't um, earn anything on it and, and social oh. charges and a much bigger um, tax on the land um, because it's this property, this extra property on it. 
So either we downsize and sell, which we're not very, very keen on, or I turn it, um, I cut this idea of turning it into a kind of artist's residence place. So it will make, mm. it will cover its costs basically, and writers and artists can come here for two or three weeks or whatever and just, you know, just soak up the place that has been quite inspiration yeah. for me. Um, that's that's a lovely favourite idea. at the moment. That's, but yeah, I, mean, I've I really tried, like I've tried that. that before. You know, I tried running <laughs> writing courses out here years ago, and spent a fortune on website and marketing and and all of that. And not one, not one bloody inquiry, <laughs> not one. I mean, I kept. What? It was one of those situations where I kept emailing, emailing myself from the website just to check that the website worked because I was getting <laughs> absolutely no inquiries at all. Um, so I'm not sure I could face Mate. that, but I, it might that might be the only option. <laughs> I don't know. Yet. Oh God! Well, I'd take you up on that. I'm I'm currently writing a book. It's a show as well, and uh, right. so I might need to bend your ear about that because uh, genuinely, I'm, 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 I've got I got sent a, a kind of a template on how you approach this, then I yeah. market it to a to a to a publisher, but it's it, right. it's getting it. I've, Got, I've, I'm working on it, but uh, yeah, I might. Actually it's such take a tricky thing getting a yeah. publisher. It's just, uh, it's largely yeah. luck, you know. Yeah. I like ten years ago, I wrote the, I wrote those two memoirs about being a comedian on the road and living in France and having the chaos that that was between the two. Yes. And they sold all right, but you know, I'd run out of, I'd run out of stories about my family, and I was trying <laughs> to, you know, you get to the situation where you go. Look, we need to do something because I've got another chapter to write. So can we try and you know and just faking the whole, which I never did, which is why there was no third book. But they're being re-released next year, which is great because the publisher yeah. wants to kind of cash in on the on the current success. And then I've got a book that I self-published, which I I didn't realise was self-publishing that it was it's actually harder and far more time-consuming to do the marketing side of self-publishing than it is to do the writing. And I just, yeah. I just didn't want to do that. You know, so it was, it was on sale for about three weeks, and then I just, I just withdrew it. <laughs> and, that, and that has now been taken up by a publisher, and that's the one that comes out next week. So it's such, a, it's such an odd game. It is down to luck, mm. you know, just getting yeah. in front of the right person at the right time, you know, which we know all about. You know. And also, yeah. as we know as comics... Um, circuit comics is you never fall for the for the hype. You never think, all oh, right, this person's got in contact. That's it. I've made it. I've done. That's it. You know, we're all so warily um, realistic about our own chances. <laughs> Fatalistic, we've, almost. We've had so many times where we've gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, all right, yeah. No, so now it's like, not we'll punching the air anymore. Like they got, <laughs> yeah, I sold the TV rights to the, to this um, for these books, the the cozy crime books. And Natalie and the boys are like, this is amazing, this is just fair. And I'm just sitting there going, uh-huh, uh-huh, TV, eh? uh-huh, been there before. <laughs> yeah. you know, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. I know. when it's on, when it's in the Radio <laughs> Times, then I might celebrate. <laughs> Ian, this has been lovely, mate. I've really enjoyed I knew this would be lovely. Apologies for, I just, 
me yet. I thought I'd sent you the, the link. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. Not at all. It's fine. I'm just glad that the Puffy hasn't eaten all the wires. He's made a right mess of my wife's Wellington boots, though, so I'm going to get into some deep shit. <laughs> Good luck with that, mate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah You've got a spare room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come, yeah. I'm actually in it. Come over here. Um, if, where can we find you? On Are you on social media? Do you bother? I'm on all, I'm on all the socials. Um, Ian Moore, author. Um, on all of them. Uh, well, I'm on Threads as well, but Threads doesn't work because it classes me as European, so it won't let me post no. anything or follow anybody. But I'm on um, Twitter and Blue Sky and Instagram and Facebook and whatever's next. I'll jump onto that bandwagon as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Uh, <laughs> uh, or yeah, there's my website. Lovely. The website's probably the oh, easiest yeah. one, which is um, info. Lovely, lovely. Thank you, Ian. It's been a pleasure. No, thank you. Uh, it's been lovely talking to you, Rich. Thank you. Really nice. So this has been insane in the membrane. I've been Rich Wilson. This has been Ian Moore. We'll see you next time. Insane in the membrane. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.